When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Humans of Speedway. Hope things are going well where you are and uh, coping with, at the time of recording, lockdown three. But um, hopefully the, the end is in sight. Keep our fingers crossed. And uh, uh, at the time of recording, teams announcing um, various squad members and people starting tentatively to make some plans. And hopefully 2021 will be a better year for Speedway than 2020. So coming up, we're going to have some new material for you. It'll be coming at the end of the month, all being well, for reasons that will become apparent. But the next episode uh, will be with Chris Morton, MBE, Bellevue Aces legend, one of Britain's all-time greats, and um, such a nice chat with it as well. And, and so many great stories about all the things he's been involved in, uh, Northern Riders Championships, representing his uh, country, seven world finals, finals including that 1981 world final at Wembley and so much more so that's going to be coming very very soon this episode is another chance to hear one of our humans of speedway speedway paradise sections again um, this is where we get each of our guests to create their dream meeting and I always ask the same six questions to everybody so if you're creating your dream meeting which track would you choose purely for the quality of the racing. Which stadium would you put that track in? Your all-time 1-7. to seven. Who'd referee the meeting? Which rule of Speedway would you change to improve the sport for the better? And which team that actually did exist would be your opposition for your all-time 1-7? to seven? So always ask in every episode. You can listen back to them right now. But this is another chance to hear the one of Phil Morris, the FIM Speedway Grand Prix race director and for the Speedway of Nations as well. And if you believe what Wikipedia says, a big fan of Kendo Nagasaki. Uh, anyway, let's hear what Phil has to say in this episode where we talked about his dream meeting, starting off with which track would he choose? And of course, don't forget, Phil Morris being race director of the Speedway Grand Prix, he knows a track or two. So here is Phil Morris. It's a really tough question, actually, because... When you've spent 14 years at a track, which you know, like Reading, when you know at the back of your hand, it was very good for me because I was not the greatest gator, but I could pass. So that's got to be up there. But there's a few others I thought about. The one especially was Trelawney. I only raced here probably four times. Absolutely loved the place, and it was an amazing little track. Um, during my later years, I definitely enjoyed your smaller tighter track tracks like your edinburgh and arena essex which are not going to be on people's radar but i think not saying it this is no disrespect to, I'm, not, I'm not trying to butter you up but i do think bradford may have been my favorite ever race track wow there you go you see and so, uh, might be might be coming back they they keep yeah mentioning Potentially. So, yeah, Bradford would be there. And I'll also throw in Marmon as a long track, separate speedway, because that was a special three-cornered track with 20,000 people there. And, yeah, so speedway, I'd go Bradford. For long track, I'd go Marmond. 
And did you do Ice Speedway as well? Telford, not the proper stuff. Yeah, I, I did oh, quite right. well at Telford. I've sort of been on the British Championship roster a good few times and that. But yeah, never the real ice racing. I, I, I've actually worked on it for the last few years. The FIM have got me involved to try and improve the feel and the flow of that championship. So I've been, the last few years, I've been quite involved in it. But yeah, not, not actually on the real big spikes. Yeah, that is crazy speedway, that. Um, yeah, very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the stadium that you'd put that track in. Stadium, okay. So obviously, being my, I, I would like to pick Cardiff because of what it is, but I know it's not a real speedway stadium. But for me, being my local stadium, I would have to pick that. But uh, thinking of a real stadium as, let's say, this, there, there's a track there. I put, I, actually, I will say Horsens again, another one that's not a real track and it's built there. For me, Horton was a perfect, perfect speedway venue. 12,000 people, very tight to the track. Felt, when I was there, I just felt this feels right for speedway. It's great to be in Cardiff and Warsaw, but that's only one-offs. But I thought that felt great. But for me, you're probably looking at, oh, probably Lesnar or Torren for me. They're both, Torren's a good brand new type stadium and tight where Lesnar was a bit more of an open stadium. So I, I'd probably go for one. But then saying that, Borichin, only a six or 7,000 stadium, but what a beautiful little stadium built. Um, so it depends on what you want, you know. So for me, for a Speedway feel, because we're not, we're not Premier League football, we're not, you know, Champions League football, I think Borichin is actually a, a beautiful little built stadium. It's all sort of built in sections. So I'm going to go for Gorichen as a bit of an outsider for everyone else. Nice. It's the first time it's been suggested. I was going to uh, deliver my Torren fact for you there. Do you know that oh, um, uh, Torren's track is based on Bradford? And Per Janssen was loved Bradford, so that's his input into it. Yeah. Uh, built, he told them how to do it. So, yeah, a lot of it is is based on that. I am aware yeah. of that one. But good yeah, good yeah, fact, though. Good fact. It's a good, it's a good one. Have your sleeve, you know. It breaks the ice at parties. Um, <laughs> if you go into a speedway party, uh, well, that's the same. When I drop, I'm the first one on the track at Cardiff. You know, it's it's a nice one to have on the CV. <laughs> first ever around Cardiff. I mean, how, yeah. how how did that track feel when you first rode it? Because I mean, it, it, I know it varies year on year. To be fair, it felt like it was billiard table smooth, like concrete. It was no give. I remember doing a start in the back straight. It made no rut or anything. It was. Uh, yeah, they just said try outside, inside, it wide, tight, cut back, and it was not a ripple on the track. And of course, I, and a, a good fact that you may know, what caused one of the big problems was a rider, I think it was Piotr Potasevich, did a practice start in the middle of a corner, and it caused the track to sort of move a little bit. So that's what caused some problems there. So there you go, another interesting fact. Right, so, so our, our practice starts on corners banned now. Um, they were, but the tracks got so good now, we don't need to worry about it now. They, they're <laughs> built so well, it doesn't cause a problem now. Officially, they shouldn't, but they still do it. But, yeah. but you'll get away with it now. Um, let's move on then to the, uh, I think, the bit that people look forward to the most. Uh, your all-time one to seven, uh, the dream team from Phil Morris. Off you go. Right. Well, number one is an easy one for me, Perry Johnson. Uh, without doubt, racing with him for a few seasons, he was the most gifted person on a motorbike I have ever seen. What he could do, how he could get out of trouble, how he kept his wheels in line, from a speed rider to watch him 
when everyone else is locking up and doing things and he's almost road racing around was phenomenal um and of course i he was my hero i looked up to him and it was such a tragedy when he had his accident because i can i think i only ever seen him come off his bike once in like two and a half seasons that shows how good he was and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time so my number one is definitely per fantastic rider and uh yeah a big uh, a big fan of, of riding the bradford track <laughs> as well as we mentioned before um let's go then to your next choice one world champion on the board who's next um i'm gonna go with number five then my other big hitter and that's gonna be hans nielsen uh before i was 16 I used to watch him and be in awe of him a little bit and just how how much of uh, a dictator he was, especially when he was off gate four. He would be at the white line before you could blink. And you know, he, he, he'd win a lot of his races by um, repetition, I think, more than anything. But yeah, he'd be, that'd be my one and five big hitters. Yeah, um, I think as big hitters go, um, Per Jonsson and Hans Nielsen, a fairly good start. So... Um, who else then would we have uh, in the makeup of this Phil Morris all-time one to seven? Yeah, well, partner with Perry Johnson number two. I'm going to put a good friend of mine, uh, also former world champion Jason Crump. That's a good opening key partnership, Perry Johnson and Jason Crump. I know they were good friends as well, and Jason's got a lot of uh, respect for Per. Yeah, Crumpy's, you know, one of the hardest racers you'll ever meet, and uh, yeah, you wouldn't get no every time he gets on a track you know he raced in my farewell event and i knew he wanted to win it he wasn't there to just put on a show he wants to win everything he's in so yeah and a lot of respect for him race with him and a friend so yeah jason crump two okay so who's gonna be at number three all right are you gonna are you gonna choose a middle pairing so my middle order pairing three or four um i'm gonna go for absolute legend of british speedway mark lorem and joe screen um uh. Again, both good guys. I would class as friends. You know, they were a bit older than me in the youth grass track, but I looked up to them and, uh, yeah, respect to them. Their the racing ability for both of them to be able to put the bikes in places and do things is phenomenal. So them guys as a partnership, it, I don't think either of them are good gators, so you'll definitely have some uh, good races when they're out. Yeah, and uh, probably a good time off the track as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they like to they like to enjoy themselves, and uh, I'm sure that uh, they look back fondly on everything they've done. So, Per Jonsson, Jason Crump, Mark Lorem, Joe Screen, and Hans Nielsen. You've got two reserves left. Who's it going to be? So, um, number six, I'm going to go with Amanda Castagna. Few reasons. Uh, when I joined Redden, he sort of was my, my big brother in a sense, and looked after me, and. Uh, I still, I, I, I'll tell, I've told the story a few times and I quite like it, that we was racing, uh, I think it was the best pairs, I think, and uh, he looked in the programme and he said, what does this mean, Phil? So I read it and I said, uh, they may not be the favourites on the track today, but they're the team you wouldn't want to meet up a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he quite liked that. And, uh, yeah, he's a very, very strong, tough guy and somebody I've worked with now and probably one of the most instrumental guys in me getting my job at the Grand Prix. So, yeah, as a respect and a thanks and everything, he's going to be there at number six. So I just Absolutely. got one more to go. Okay, then, drum roll. 
Drum roll. So my number seven, I don't think anyone will ever put this in a team on your podcast. That's my prediction. Go on then. <laughs> it is Freddie Williams. Yeah, not so times, far. <laughs> two times world champion and he was Welsh. So that's um, my link there to somebody that's with not, with not many riders come from Wales. So, um, yeah, he's not with us now, bless him. But, uh, yeah, Freddie Williams would be my number seven just because of what he did being world champion twice. I'm Welsh. You know, we've got a dragon on the flag. We have to be different to everybody else, you know? Absolutely standard, yeah. It goes without saying. You <laughs> <laughs> don't none of these crosses or things like that. We have to have a big red dragon in the middle. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I was living in Cardiff when there was a, a football tournament on, and it's uh, it's, it's a dicey business. <laughs> Very. <laughs> um, right, who would be the referee? Tough one, because, again, if you've noticed, I didn't, with my team, I've sort of stayed away from current riders. I've got to be a little bit careful in my decision. I couldn't <laughs> go with current Grand Prix guys. <laughs> Wouldn't look great. Well, I suppose Crumpy's still on the scene, but I don't think he's going to be back in the Grand Prix, so I'm okay there. Um, referees, um, I've got an affinity with Graham Reeve and Tony Steele because they helped me on the ladder to where I am. Graham Reeve with uh, the under-21, under-16, and Tony Steele involved in me being... Clark of the course at Cardiff and working my way up the ladder. So them two are definitely in with a shout. But even though I didn't probably have that many meetings with him, I've worked for five years with Graham Brody as the Speedway Grand Prix secretary. And we've become very good friends. And I've heard so many stories about his refereeing and things he's done and things he didn't and how he's done them. I think without doubt, it has to be Graham Brody as the honorary referee for my meeting. You're listening to Humans of Speedway, another chance to hear the Speedway paradise of FIM, Speedway GP and Speedway of Nations race director Phil Morris. Coming up, we're going to find out who will make Phil Morris's all-time opposition for his dream team and which rule would he change? Find out in a sec. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and in this episode, it's the Speedway paradise of FIM Speedway Grand Prix and Speedway of Nations race director Phil Morris. He's creating his dream meeting, and he's about to change a rule. Which rule would you change, Phil? We've already spoke about it, really, but I, I just generally feel a randomizer at the start is going to make people wait until the tapes go rather than guessing. Is you know, For me, there's two words. There's anticipation and his reaction. We want mm-hmm. people to react to the start and not anticipate it. That's, that's a reality. And it's the same in any other sport, whether it be athletics, swimming, cycling. You know, you have to wait for that bang, gun, tapes, whistle, whatever it is. But we just, we can't seem to do that. And it's frustrating for everybody. And it's the most complaints I have about people, you know, having a restart. Why does it happen? And you know, we've tried our best to not let him in the pits and things like that, but it's still, it's a, you know, it's a three-minute delay that a lot of people hate. So somewhere along the line, I would say we've got to try and fix this some kind of starting issue. And finally, who would be the opposition against your team of all-stars then? This is any complete team from from history that you could invite along. I think I've already mentioned the team. Um, I was lucky enough to be part of it, so I'm going to be racing against them, which will be a bit of a thorn. It's Red in Races 1992. And, uh, yeah, I still still remember it fondly. And 
one of the things that I, I wrote this down, uh, I laugh at people now joking about uh, they can't help it, about speeder nations being towards the end of October, it'll never happen. Oh, ridiculous point on their British weather. But that year we won the league, we had 18 meetings in October. Wow. So there you go. And I think <laughs> we had double headers, left, right, and centers with Bradford, if I remember some of them, with the cup. They, but yeah, so that's my team. Bred in 1992. Uh, amazing end of the season. But yeah, to win a double, that was good enough for me in, in, a, in the league. Fantastic. And final question to you then is, when you look back at, at your experience in, in Speedway, what what's the one moment that you look back on with the most um most affection perhaps but also maybe that makes you smile the most um it's quite a few few small ones really i've got no massive task i won the premier league best pairs um i think i won the new year classic at newport which is the first again something good for my cv i think it was the very first meeting anywhere in the world in the 20th century so that's a quiz question that nobody will ever get if they ask who <laughs> the last the first meeting of the 20th century so Good yeah one. things like that i've made rosters of the premier league rider championship I've won some league championships so yeah but probably as a one-off day the premier league peers was was a good one to win that and it, to be honest with you my career i'm more than happy i met so many nice people whether it's fans riders you race with and you get you get it is such a family uh, feel for everything. I'm so privileged that I'm in the position I am now. So I, I, I'm still going. So I'm still enjoying myself and loving every minute. Okay, Phil Morris, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. No problem, anytime. You have a good one. Phil Morris, race director for the Speedway Grand Prix series, Speedway of Nations, and uh, it was a fantastic chat with Phil as well, and hopefully uh, he can get back to a full complement of Speedway Grand Prix in 2021. We keep our fingers crossed. Don't forget to listen back to all the previous episodes as well. If you're new to us and you've uh, caught us on one of the most recent episodes, for example, with Jeremy Doncaster or with Kelvin Tatum, well, you're very welcome along, but there's some great ones to uh, work your way through. People always ask for my recommendations. It's like choosing in between your kids but uh, I would always say don't miss Shane Parker don't miss uh, Neil Machin don't miss Peter Oakes don't miss any of them but there's a few to get you started um, but they're all great in different ways we've got people who are uh, announcers Kev Long and uh, Roy Clark who speak about that Nigel Pearson of course from the TV um, we've also got Gary Havelock do not miss that one whatever you do and certainly don't miss when it arrives in the next few weeks Chris Morton uh, it's going to be amazing uh, honestly it's one of the best episodes I've ever done and I say that with a great deal of confidence <laughs> so that'll be out at the end of the month and um, stay safe and we'll speak soon on Humans of Speedway Sports Social Podcast Network